0: Cheeseheads, Cheese get on your feet! It's curd and long. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvat.
1: Hey, it's he Sparky Feifer, twelve fifty a.m. The fan, along with my guy Ryan Horvat from BetMGM tonight. Make sure to check it out weeknights. Uh, with Trister Crick, Nick Ashu, and of course, Ryan Horvath. While you're watching the games, uh, get some fun in-game bets. Uh, look ahead uh, to the West Coast games maybe coming up that night, whether it be college basketball or NBA or whatever the case may be. Uh, make sure to check them out. Again, part of the BetQL radio network, uh, or you can always stream it on your Odyssey app. Uh, Ryan Horvat, news comes uh, yesterday, uh, Wednesday, uh, that uh, apparently uh, Matt Lafleur decided it would be a good idea, Packers head coach, uh, to... Have the defensive players and Joe Barry kind of talk things out uh, and see what happens uh, and go from there and wanted communication to happen as far as if there was frustrations among the players, as far as how the defense was being called and so forth, and uh, let them kind of go back and forth with Joe Barry. It sounds like maybe it was somewhat productive. Uh, Do you like that idea by LaFleur? Do you think it matters with three weeks to go?
2: No, I don't really think it matters with three weeks to go. You know, I thought that this is what they did at the end of last season, right, when they did their exit interviews and they talked with all the guys on the defensive side of the ball. You know, that's what we had heard. Hey, what do you guys want to do differently? Hey, and, you know, a lot of them said we want to play more aggressive. Maybe you want to play more man. You want to play tighter coverage. You don't want to be lining up 15 yards off the ball. So I just feel like right now, two games below five hundred. you know, like, too little too late, like why didn't this happen weeks ago when you were positioned to make the playoffs? And you could say, well, the defense was playing a little bit better, but really was it? You know what I mean? Like, look at the teams that you've been cooked by this season. The Raiders, the Broncos, um, Tommy DeVito and the Giants, and now Baker Mayfield, who was NFC Player of the Week and had a perfect QB rating. Like, I understand you know, Baker throws a couple touchdown passes, but you can't have him out there looking like Tom Brady, like Aaron Rodgers, like a Hall of Famer. You know what I'm saying? So I just feel like too little, too late, and that, hearing this kind of stuff, hearing these kind of things frustrates me a little bit. You know what I mean? Because now it's like, oh, week 15, week 16, wherever we're even at, man. Um, you know, it's like, let's throw stuff at the wall, see what sticks. Like, no, nah, this, this all should have been figured out. You know, maybe you don't have it. You obviously don't have everything figured out the first couple weeks of the season, right? But by week eight, week nine, that's when you're usually playing your best football. And this team, all of a sudden, after three really good weeks, is going the opposite direction. So I just think it's too little too late. But maybe I'm wrong. We'll see, I guess, the final couple weeks of the season. But, man, like you had everything right in front of you and you kind of uh, poo pooed that.
1: I I would love to know if any of these players brought up something along the lines of, what was the point of the exit interviews last year? Like, why did we do them with you? Why did you ask us our opinion of how we wanted to play as a defense and then said that you were going to follow through with it back in training camp uh, during installs and everything else? And then when he was pressed on it, Barry was, as far as being more aggressive man-to-man, play more bump-and-run, uh, Joe Barry, and I flagged it at that point on this podcast, he said, well, you know, it's going to depend on game-to-game situations, but, you know, I'm open to playing more that way, yada, yada, yada. And obviously he wasn't. Um, and that that would be where I would be mad. If I was, you know, guys on this team that were there last year, um, that you said you were listening to us to try and make this defense better, more aggressive, and so forth. And now fast forward, and here we are playing eight yards off the line of scrimmage on a third and three or a third and four. I mean, that's just plain stupidity at this point. Uh, and nothing really has changed from you know last year to this year, two years ago to this year. Uh, and if I were the players, I just feel like, okay, why are we having this conversation? You didn't listen to us last year when you asked us what we wanted to do. What makes us think you're going to listen to us now?
2: Exactly, like, and and that's the thing, man. I mean, if you were bringing Joe Barry back, you had to bring him back, you know, with the players' blessing, and you know, he didn't change the scheme up. It's all the same stuff that we've seen the last couple of years, you know. And you look at these advanced numbers, and I mean, I've tweeted some stuff out, and it's just it's 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 really a mess, you know, and it's uh, frustrating. And like you said, what was the point of the exit of the exit interviews if you were just going to continue to do the same thing? So. That's why right now it's just a little bit frustrating. And, you know, going back to last episode, nothing's really changed for me. Uh, you know, I think it's time for Joe Barry to go. But I, at this point now, I mean, what does firing him this season do? Because you've got to bring in somebody new. It's got to be somebody with a clue. It's got to be a Robert Sala, um, you know, if he does get fired, or, or somebody like that, you know what I mean? So like right now. Yeah, you could promote within, and you could have somebody take over and be the interim defensive coordinator, but that's not really going to do anything for the future of this team. And so right now, you might as well just stick with Joe Barry the final couple weeks of the season. But man, if they go back into next year, and they don't make a change, I'm going to be stunned. I really am.
1: This is my thing. Uh, We saw what Philadelphia did. I I understand. Nobody likes Matt Patricia, so everybody didn't like it. Um, And then he made a boneheaded call late in that game, too, for the Eagles. Uh, but that was Desai and Patricia flip-flopping jobs. So Desai didn't get fired. You, they just flip flip jobs. What would have possibly been the worst case scenario if Oladari, the linebacker coach, ended up calling plays and Joe Barry went to go coach linebackers like he was doing with the Chargers previously? Like what's what's the worst thing that can happen? Your defense can't possibly play worse than it did against Tampa Bay.
0: You ready? Showtime.
2: Right, yeah. I mean, I would try anything right now. I mean, at this point, um, you know, I don't really have the answer to that. I don't really know what they could even do differently. I don't, I, I think, I mean, because here's the thing, for them to change schemes now, I and mean, what are you going to say? They're going to play more man? I mean, they don't really have the shutdown corners to do so. I mean, Stokes isn't Stokes, uh, and Jair hasn't been available. So right now, it's kind of impossible to change schemes. That's what I'm saying. Like, might as well just ride it out with what you've been doing, because it might be an even bigger mess if they try to figure out some new stuff the final couple weeks of the season with only a couple days to prepare. I mean that's something that takes all off season, all training camp. That's why again, like I don't understand why the players are so vocal and so frustrated now. I mean I do know why cuz they're 2 games below 500 in and, and a week NFC North. But I don't understand, where was this frustration before the season with Joe Barry coming back? Why didn't they all go to Matt LaFleur or Brian Gudikins or whoever they needed to go to and say, hey, man, this isn't the guy. Like, we are all talented. We're first-round picks, most of us. This guy, this scheme, nobody wins with this scheme in the National Football League. You know what I mean? Like, look at the teams that run this scheme. They're all defenses that get absolutely cooked. Uh, This scheme's okay every once in a while, every now and then. But, man, I mean – against teams with actual weapons, you know, strong run games, good tight ends, slot wide receivers, kill the Packers. Look what Chris Godwin did against the Packers. They had no answer for him. So that's why you might as well. I, I, I don't know what that does right now just because it takes like a full off season, a full summer to implement these kind of things. And also you need the right personnel to fit some of these things. So maybe, you know, that's draft, maybe that's free agency, maybe that's trades. I don't really know what this team's even going to look like. But, man, I'll be pissed off if they go into the season with the same defensive backs, right? Like, defensive linemen, it is what it is right now. You know, we got Van Ness, and I like the pass rushers enough. Rashawn Gary's solid. You know, we'll see what Van Ness is. Maybe he could make that year two leap like uh, Rashawn Gary did. But, man, I mean, like, Jair... If he wants to come back and be Jair again, that's awesome. An all-pro corner, but I don't know what Stokes is, man. We need another defensive back. We traded away Rasul Douglas, our, our best corner, and then the safety play is terrible. I know, like, you know, every once in a while you're like, oh, man, Savage actually played a pretty good game. But then you pop on the tape, you you, you watch the, uh, you know, the film, and you see him just missing tackles. You see Tommy DeVito breaking his ankles. You know, all these guys are the same guy. They're all allergic to making a tackle. None of them are physical. None of them are aggressive. I'm not saying you got to bring in safeties like Jamal Adams because they can't cover but I don't know man I mean they just don't have the guys right now you know it's it's so easy Joe Barry's not good but also Joe Barry doesn't have the guys that's the issue with his defense right now
1: and maybe that's how he keeps con- you know, keeping his job, yeah. even though they've wasted a million first-round picks trying yeah. to give him the guys to play with on that defensive side of the ball. I uh, see Sparky yeah. Pfeiffer, Ryan Horvath. Of course, you can download it and listen to Kurt and Long on your Odyssey app or you download your favorite podcast And Also, check us out on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. This one, however, is not on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page because StreamYard, for whatever reason, did not want to let me into the studio as I've been trying for a half hour. So I gave up, and we're just recording this uh, in the studio, WSSP Studio as we said, uh, there wasn't everyone in attendance for this defensive meeting. I think there was a key, key defensive player missing. Uh, and I'm uh, somewhat concerned about it. We'll tell you who that is coming up next here on Curtain Law. Get
0: ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th.
1: Hey, it's C-Sparky Fiverr, 1250 AM The Fan, along with Ryan Horvath of BetMGM Tonight. Jack came out weeknights with Trister Crick, Nick Ashoo on the BetQL Radio Network. As the games are going on, listen to them, give you some in-game betting advice, give you some advice maybe on the West Coast games coming up later that night, whether it be you know, college basketball, NBA basketball, whatever the case is. Uh, let's uh, talk a, a little bit about further, if you don't mind, Ryan Horvath, about this defensive meeting. One person that was not there was Kenny Clark, uh, Kenny Clark is a pretty instrumental piece to not be at this meeting. I mean, he is, well, at least I thought, he was one of the leaders of this defense. He's the guy that's been there the longest on that side of the ball. And for Kenny Clark not to be there, um, that that's not good. Uh, and there was no reason given that I could see uh, reading a couple of different pieces as far as why Kenny Clark wasn't there, uh, but he wasn't. Uh, and Clark said, well, you know, it was about communication issues. And we have to communicate better. And that apparently was the whole gist of, of the meeting. Concerned at all that, you know, the the most tenured guy on that defense, uh, the guy that's making a ton of money, wasn't in this meeting with Joe Barry?
2: No, I'm more concerned, like, about wrapping Christmas presents, getting home safely to my family. No, I'm not concerned about this kind of stuff. I mean, because I don't know, like, this, this is the kind of soap opera drama nonsense that I just don't care about. I like the games. Because, like, Kenny Clark could have had COVID. Maybe he had the flu. Maybe he had the dumps. Maybe he, had to use the bathroom all day long, and he couldn't make the meeting. You know what I mean? Like, if I heard – if they came out, if Schneidman or, or any of these guys came out and it was like, Kenny Clark missed the meeting because he said, screw this team, I'm so done with you guys, then I'd be like, oh, my God, red flag, cut Kenny Clark, trade Kenny Clark. But I have no idea. You know what I'm saying? like, so we throw out this stuff. I almost hate how some of this stuff comes out, like, until we get a reason. You know what I mean? Like, maybe, wait, has anybody asked Kenny Clark why, why weren't you at the meeting?
1: Uh, no, I don't believe it came up. Let me see if I can uh, right. bring up that article. He just said he no, didn't, didn't
2: go. On it. That's right. what I mean. Like And so, like, I only worry about things like this when I have to. You know what I mean? Like the Rodgers drama. I didn't worry until I was like, wait a minute. You know, now we have actual reports he wants to go play in Denver. I never worried about the Devontae stuff because I never thought that there was a chance that Devontae was going to get moved. But then I started to worry when we franchise tag, when they, fra- when they franchise tag Devontae, I was like, okay, uh, maybe there's something here where he's only going to be here another year or he's going to get traded. You know what I mean? So I, I try not to worry about these kind of things, like the soap opera things. Because what I'm realizing, man, what I'm learning is a lot of these beat reporters, and I'm not saying in Green Bay, because like all the guys I follow, like Herm- Andy Herman, they do awesome work. Like he's breaking down film, he's talking about the games. And if he's going to talk about some stuff like this, it's because there's something to it. You know what I mean? There is some drama in the locker room or something like that. You know, like, I, like Jair giving one-word answers. Like, okay, then I, that's a red flag for me. I start to wonder, like, does this guy want to be here? You know what I mean? Like Bakhtiari, like, taking shots at the – I mean, the social media account is terrible. But, like, always oh, ripping the organization. Then it's like, oh, maybe this guy doesn't want to be here. Maybe he wants to be with his friends. But this kind of stuff – like, for example, this Aaron Rodgers nonsense with the Jets. Let me put this on record right now. I am so sick. I've never thought, I never thought I would say this. I'm so sick of Aaron Rodgers. He's not coming back. He was never coming back. And every day, you know, for the last four weeks, it's Rodgers is at practice playing scout team defense. Rodgers threw a perfect spiral on one leg. Rodgers hopes to come back. Rodgers not coming back. Nick Bowden and his beautiful wife no longer have jobs because of Aaron Rodgers. Now they have jobs. And everybody's, like, retweeting this, like, ripping Rodgers. Here's what that was, dude. Like, I don't get it, man. The Jets made the decision to stick with Zach Wilson. You know why they stuck with that decision? I'm sorry I'm getting into this really quick, but they had to stick with that decision because they drafted him number two overall, and they owed him a bunch of money, dude, and they couldn't pay Mike White $8 million. So he was gone, right? And so that's why you have a third-string quarterback like Trevor Simeon. And they didn't trade for Josh Dobbs. You know why? Because Josh Dobbs sucks. So why are you even going to trade a fifth- or a sixth-round pick where you could maybe get a value pick at offensive line because this team needs a whole lot of depth at offensive line for Josh Dobbs. Like, season was over right there, dude, unless Zach Wilson could be the second pick that you thought he could be. So then Rodgers, being Rodgers, like we saw when he came back way too early against Carolina with the broken collarbone, he was trying to motivate the team. This is what I think, at least, saying, could you guys start winning some ball games, and then maybe I could get back on the field like, for a playoff run. The team sucked. So who cares? Now everybody's so worried about Nick Bowden, a fullback. We never had a clue who this guy was. But that's my point, like about the, like everybody overblows these things and retweets them, and then it's Rodgers is a pig. Rodgers sucks. He's a terrible human. Nobody even knows the correct information. And like that's the thing, like so you know it's I see people. And the only reason I'm getting all fired up about this is because it's always like you know Jair quit on this team. Cut Jair. Trade him. Like can we let the man speak for himself? David Bakhtiari. Like, the people that take shots at Bakhtiari, that kind of pisses me off. Because when Bakhtiari is on the field, he's been nothing but, in my opinion, I mean, like a great player, a great teammate. The last couple of years, sure, and I know I just said, I don't know if he wants to be there. But I promise you, he did not want to have another knee surgery. Like, he doesn't want his career to possibly be over in his early 30s. You know what I mean? Like, so that, that's where this stuff kind of annoys me. We never actually get the full story. Everybody just reacts, overreacts. And so... I don't know. I want to wait and see. But I guess, you know, I don't think it was that big of a deal that I just made it. But it's like, man, the NFL is like crazy now with the soap opera drama. I don't remember it ever being like this. Do you? You've been watching the league. Obviously, you know, you've been around way really
1: longer. Of course. Of the Dallas Cowboys, it was drama every day back in the Jimmy Johnson White House. Michael Irvin and uh, Emmitt Smith and things. those guys' days. Man, there was a lot of drama back then. No question. I mean, again, part of the reason you have so much drama now is there's social media. There's talking head TV shows. There's sports talk radio. I mean, people are getting paid to talk about sports 24-7 and they've got to talk, obviously, about something one way or the other. Now, again, I'm sure there'll be people like, I don't care about this one way or the other. Um, But there are some people that care about it. For me, the Kenny Clark thing, um, I... I I, it bothers me. Uh, and this is from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Um, better nose tackle okay. Kenny Clark said he didn't take part in the talk with the floor, but was aware it happened and was told players were honest with him about how to best move forward. He hinted that simplifying some of the things Barry has tried to accomplish might allow everyone to play more freely. Quote, I'm sure he wanted to hear from different position groups and guys based off where communication was lacking. It was just the normal figuring out what we can do better and make sure we're helping out teammates. He's always good about that, asking us what's going on and what do we need in order for us to play fast. So simplify some of it so guys can play fast, so guys can just uh, go. And the more you get, uh, you got guys thinking and looking at different things, the harder it is. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, Lafleur said, I think the vibe has been great. There's been uh, moments of adversity. You've got one or of uh, two ways you can react to it. You can either let it tear you down, tear the team down, or you can kind of rally around each other. That's what I fully expect everybody to do. You're only as good as your last game. And I think we've all experienced that this year. There are moments where we are very good and we win a couple of games, and then you lose a couple of games and you're back to where you were. You've got to be able to ride the wave. This is my thing. If I'm Matt LaFleur, dude, you got to be there, man. Like, I didn't see anything about illness. I haven't seen anything about him missing a practice or anything like that. So if that's the case, then fine. If he was sick, he was sick. Uh, But if this was simply, dude, I'm not going. I'm not going to get BS'd to. I've been in enough of these damn things. I'm not doing this again. It's just a bad look when one of your leaders isn't in the room when you're trying to fix a situation or fix a problem, and he decides, nah, he's not going to waste his time going. That, to me, is a problem. And it's a problem with, not with Devondre Campbell, with with vets. It's a problem with a bunch of these younger guys. Like, dude, he's not here. He obviously isn't taking this too seriously. Why the hell am I sitting here listening to this nonsense? That's where I get concerned because you are a vet and you are a leader. And we've talked about, you know, the lack of vets uh, nowadays uh, on this football team. And he is one of them. And to not be there, I don't know. I, I think it's a big deal, personally.
2: I, here, here's why I don't, because when I pop on the game from Sunday, Kenny Clark was awesome and the Packers let him down. So like if, if, you know, um, you know, if Van Ness skips the meeting, I'm like, what the hell, who the hell does this guy think he is? If Devondre Campbell, after his little outburst, skips the meeting, I'm like, who the hell does this you know, guy LeFleur think gave he is? him
1: a week off. Lafleur said, hey, what? rest up, buddy. Uh, you Got the week off. So he yeah, got rewarded means- for going off on the internet. No,
2: that means you know we'll see you soon, or you know we will never see you again after a couple weeks here, most likely. But I mean, that's the thing is like I wouldn't, I would understand Kenny Clark being like, screw this meeting, and I would understand his teammates, you know, because like I've, when when I used to get to go like when I covered the team, like this guy's like Kenny Clark, so I don't think his teammates will be like, oh man, he's not a leader. I think if he might, t- it might be like the Urban Meyer situation, man. Like, when he was playing grab-ass after the game and didn't travel with the team, and then after he had to address them and he walked off the podium out of that meeting and everybody just started cracking up, it's probably where they're at right now with Joe Barry. So I don't know, man. Right. If anything, I, I actually, okay, here, here's my answer. I agree with you. That's like, where they're if, at
1: with if, Joe Barry. That, they're would, not taking any of this seriously at this point. If it, wasn't, if it wasn't a scheduled absence, like, again, like maybe his grandmother was in town or something. You
2: know what I mean? And LaFleur was like, go spend time with her. Probably not, but I'm just saying Uh, It is the Christmas season. Maybe he had to get some shopping done, and Joe Barry understood. He's like, hey, you take this meeting off because you show up and do your job every third week. Kenny Clark also, you know, not having the best season. He's been all right. But, I mean, the reason, I guess, I would say I kind of like it, maybe this actually will send a message to Brian Gudekins, Mark Murphy, Matt LaFleur, whoever, that if a guy like Kenny Clark – who's been in this locker room and is well-respected, doesn't want to show up to a meeting led by this guy, then his message, it's time for him to go. You know, Joe Barry could go be a coordinator at the University of St. Francis at Arrowhead High School. He could go be the coordinator or defensive backs coach or do whatever he wants to do for any other team, but not the Green Bay Packers. So maybe that's why I'm going to say I like this because I don't think Kenny Clark's teammates today look at him any differently. And if they do, then he'll get moved soon. And I'm fine with that. Like, I like Kenny Clark, but he's not Aaron Donald like some people no. pretend that he is. He's no. a very good player, but he's not even the best player on this defense any longer. That's for Sean Gary. It would be Jair if he was, you know, if he could get over the shoulder thing. So, yeah, I guess I kind of like it, man, because, like, something needs to happen. I-, I hate it because this isn't supposed to be, like, the Green Bay Packer way. That's what I'm talking about, like, with the drama. Like, it's funny when we read about the Jets being a mess, and it's like, stupid organization. They're never going to get it right. But when it's us? Like in our small little town, because here's the thing about Green Bay that's a lot different. I mean, we got to hit on draft picks, right? And Goot hasn't been doing that, in my opinion. This year's draft was good. Jaden Reed, Van Ness looks like he could be a player. But we just talked about the defense not performing. Is it Joe Barry or is it the defense? And we still don't really know, even though there's like eight or nine first-round picks. So if you're Green Bay, you have to hit on your picks. And also you have to continue to be like a place where people want to go. Because we're never going to get the big free agents like Odell Beckham Jr. Unfortunately, but we got to get like the middle of the road guys. So you just don't want to be a disaster. How many teams? I mean, like I know Devonte wanted to go play for the Raiders, but how many people do you think in the past key free agents? So like, I'm not going there. They're a mess. You know, how how many quarterbacks do you think ever want to get drafted by the Chicago Bears? Now, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, by like some of these teams. Um, I mean, man, the Chargers. Right? Like, we talked about it on the podcast a couple times when Eli was coming out. And and uh, Archie and, and the family were like, no, like, you will not draft him. He's not going to be a charger. So, I just don't want this organization, this team, to be a mess. And, you know, with the Rodgers and the Devontae stuff, and now this nonsense. It's like, just get it together. Because this is such a young team that that's, that's not, like, what they need. Like, Jordan Love, this is his first year. And we're seeing some flashes. We see some good. We see some bad. But, like, he needs to go I want to see like the locker room videos of like uh, Rashawn Gary crying and everybody hugging after a big win. I don't want to be reading Twitter quotes and talking about why Kenny Clark isn't showing up to meetings. We'll let the Bears do that on their, you know, uh, David Howe and them could do that on their on their podcast. This one's supposed to be like positive, you know, even after a loss. Like, we'll complain about the stuff, but the locker room nonsense needs to end. And that's where you wonder, like, dude, I know Lafleur sometimes like gets tough with the reporters, but does he need to be tougher in that locker room? Does a change need to come because? Right now, it seems like they're losing that locker room, does it not?
1: No, I don't know. I, it seems like the players all buy into Lafleur, um, and that they, you know he treats them well and gives them time off when they need it and is communicative and so forth. I don't think that's the issue. I think, I mean, he may be losing him over having Joe Barry still there. That may be happening. But as far as them, you I mean. know, liking him and playing for him, I think they're good there. And take a quick time, I'll come back uh, here on Kurt and Long. Download on your Odyssey app, download your favorite podcast at you know subscribe, like uh, all that fun stuff. I want to talk about what happened at the end of last year that I think saved Joe Barry's job, and whether or not it's possible that the same thing could happen this year. That's next here on Curtin Long. <laughs> hey, C Sparky Fiber, twelve fifty a.m. The Fan, along with Ryan Horvath of BetMGM tonight, and part of the BetQL Radio Network. Let's talk a little bit. Uh, about more about Joe Barry and his job status. Everybody assumes he's fired at the end of the year, and let's move on. But I think last year we were all kind of in the same boat as we are now. Then all of a sudden, the last three or four weeks, the defense played better. If you remember, after Lafleur had a come to Jesus meeting with Barry, and now all of a sudden, uh, we're because it was right after that bye week last week, which was what week fourteen or whatever it was last week or last year, they played better. Now, as Ryan Horvath pointed out, then it wasn't like they were playing any good quarterbacks, uh, but they did play better, and it saved his job. So now here we go, three weeks to go, a chance to run the table, get to nine and eight, maybe get into the playoffs, but 9 and eight would be a big time victory for this team if they get over 500 in Jordan Love's first year as a starter, and they got Justin Fields, uh, Nick Mullins, and Bryce Young left to play. Now if Joe Barry's defense goes and pitches a shutout and a couple of games under 10 points after this meeting with the players, does it save his job again Ryan?
2: I would hope not. Carolina's terrible this season. Like, I know they've won a couple games. I bet them like every single week they're really bad. It's one of the worst offenses I've ever seen in NFL history. I'm not kidding. Like, it's a struggle for them to get into the red zone. I joked last week. I'm like, you never see the Panthers on the red zone channel. If you you don't watch games, if you just watch the red zone channel, you've probably seen Bryce Young and the Panthers like nine times this season. Um, He's a mess. I don't even know. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure it's fixable. We'll, we'll see with Bryce, but I would have drafted C.J. Stroud. Well, we'll find out, though. Uh, so, yeah, Carolina, terrible offensively. Their number one wide receiver is Adam Thielen. So, even if they shut out the Panthers, that doesn't make me feel great. Bears offense is playing better. You know, a shutout against the Bears would be impressive. It's not going to happen, though. I think that the Bears are going to beat the Packers. And then the Vikings, yeah, you know, even with Nick Mullins, I'd be impressed. They're running the ball a little bit better. Um We'll see what the status is of Justin Jefferson. Like he came back and then got hurt again. Uh, you know, I mean, but KJ Oz, they got some decent weapons. KJ Oz, What am I talking about? Jordan Addison has been really damn good this season. Um, final like couple weeks, the last couple weeks, I should say. So I, I would be impressed. Uh, you know, like hey, you, sh- you know, you shut down some not great offenses, but defense, You know, decent offenses, but I-, I don't think that should be enough to save his job. You got cooked by Tommy DeVito. Baker Mayfield, uh, Russell Wilson this season. I don't even – I'm not going to lie. I don't remember who started for the Raiders. If it was Jimmy Garoppolo, or Raiden O'Connell in that game, I think it was Jimmy G. But regardless, you should never get beat by the Raiders. So, yeah, man, um, and, and no, no, because this is what happened last season, right? Like you just said. I, so, so, I don't think that – I don't think there's anything in the world that could save Joe Barry's job if I'm Brian Gudekins, unless this team makes a run into the playoffs. and beats the San Francisco 49ers. If they beat the San Francisco 49ers and make Brock Purdy, the MVP of the league, look like crap, or if they beat the Cowboys or if they beat the Eagles, Joe Barry can maybe come back. But if you just beat Justin Fields, like a bunch, all three dudes that you just named probably won't have starting jobs next season. I guess we'll wait and see with Justin Fields, but man, Chicago has the number one pick. Do they take Caleb Williams? Do they trade back? So, no, dude. Like, all three of those guys might be bagging grocers next year. Not, not Bryce Young. That's not nice to say. But he, he's been terrible this season, his rookie year. He's looking like Trevor Lawrence did his rookie year. Maybe they get a head coach with a clue, and he could fix them. But the problem with Bryce, he just looks small out there. You know, we talked about this even before the draft. That was my only issue, man. And I was like, maybe he could be like the Steph Curry of the NFL, you know, and, like, change the way that we view the – like, God, no. He, he – at least with Kyler, Kyler's little, but he's bulky, and, and he's tough to take down. Bryce is like small, and he's like, my weight. That's my only concern about him.
1: Okay, so let, let's talk a little bit further about um, this whole situation. Because we talked about this on the last podcast. It, it, yeah. it truly is Brian Gutekunst has no say on, on the coaching staff, which I don't believe. But let's say that's the case. And let's say the the the, the fans and sports media that told me I'm wrong, let's say they're actually right. That Brian Gutekunst has no say over Matt LaFleur's coaching staff. He can hire whoever the hell he wants. He can hire Horvat to come coach special teams, and Goody's not going to yeah. say anything because he's got no power. Okay, fine. So let's say that's true. I'm telling you right now, Joe Barry's going to save his job going into next year if that defense... Plays lights out for the next three weeks. If they win the next three games, they get in the playoffs, and his defenses are giving up like less than ten points in each of those three games, regardless of who they're against. Matt Lafleur is going to say, "Hey, after we talked to the players and figured out the issue, we fixed it, and we're all good going into next year." I'm telling you, I think the exact same thing could happen all over again if indeed nobody has any power over Matt Lafleur.
2: Nah, I don't think it happens though, because I think Brandon Staley's available, and I think Brandon Staley's his guy. I think Brandon Staley's the guy. I know everybody in their dream world. We think Robert Sala's is coming over. Why would Robert I want Brandon Sal-
1: Staley? Isn't it the same damn thing as Joe Barry?
2: Oh, he sucks. We actually so last night, just because I foresee this happening, man. I don't like Brandon Staley at all. We had on one of the Chargers. We had on the uh, pre and post. Oh, geez, I can't speak English today. It's going to be a tough one for me today. Pre and post game show host for the Chargers last night on our show. For whatever reason, I actually don't even know why. Oh, I guess they play. Uh, I don't know why. Anyway, he. Uh, but I asked them, you know, because I don't care about the Chargers at this point. Um, as you remember, Spark, I picked them to win the Super Bowl, uh, and that was a bad pick. So I was like, hey, you know, Brandon Staley, he's not a head coach, but with the Rams, with McVay, he looked like a decent defensive coordinator. So good that he got himself a head coaching gig. Granted, he had Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, and the guy was like, that was exactly it. Like, I don't like his scheme. You know, we talked about the talent they even had with the Chargers. You had Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson. You Couldn't make that work. I don't want him either. But remember, LaFleur really wanted him. So I feel like Joe Barry's gone, and that might be the guy. I know in our dream world, Robert Sala comes over. I don't think Robert Sala's going to want to go back to being a defensive coordinator. Maybe he has to, but I don't know. Like, his excuse is, I never had an offense, but my defense was always good. If he does have to go back to being a defensive coordinator – do we know that he would want to go coach with LaFleur? I mean, I don't want to like throw stuff out there that I don't have no information about, but are they still on the best of terms? Do we not remember that Robert Sala, like a couple months ago, fired Mike LaFleur, Matt LaFleur's brother?
1: I don't care. I I, I so don't hire care.
2: Hackett and steal his quarterback.
1: Yeah, I I don't care. Matt Lafleur and Robert Sala can stay on separate sides of the building. I I don't I don't care because again, well, if, if Murphy has the power, then Murphy's just like, dude, we're hiring Robert Sala. I don't care if y'all talk or not. He's gonna coach the defense. You're gonna coach the offense and stay out of each other's way. And we're gonna go from there. Like simple. I'm sure but they're
2: still friends. I mean, I'm sure that. You know, maybe like I—I I don't know though. I just—I was thinking about that though. I was like, I wonder if they're still as close. I know they're in each other's weddings or whatever. Well, but
1: whoever the he, defensive he coordinator is, like we talked about in the last podcast, they must have some say in personnel with Brian Gutekunst. As far as the players they want in free agency or the players they want in the draft, after watching tape, they have to have say because if it's simply they don't have players to run the off the defense that Joe Barry wants or whatever the case may be, then fine. If it's a case of, you know, we're drafting a bunch of players that that can't put one and one together to make two, then you've got to do a better job of understanding the type of players uh, that know how to pick up a defense and play a defense. Because I feel like we've been talking about dumbing down a defense since Mike Penton was here. Every year that becomes an issue. Every single year. And the common denominator is Brian Gunkun's drafted players on this team can't seem to figure out what they're supposed to be doing, and that's an issue. we got to wrap this up, but quickly, uh, on the way out here, how about Bart Winkler going national, baby? 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. on CBS Sports Radio starting January 2nd. You can, of course, uh, stream it on your Odyssey app, or if you are in the Milwaukee area, you can listen to it on 1250 a.m. The fans, super excited for Bart, right?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well-deserved. Um, so excited to be able to listen to Bart. Glad that it's you know, he's going to be making his way to the national airwaves. It's going to be hilarious, fun, uh, and really excited for him. Also, excited for my guy, Zach Gelb, you know, who gets a different yep. time slot as well. You know, so I'm sure I'll probably be on with both of those guys. And uh, yeah, man, just really excited for Bart. It's crazy because he's been doing the podcast for a couple of years now, and I've been jumping on with him once a week to do the football picks. And we did our last one. You know, like we do our football picks every Friday. That's a. He always wanted to do it, and uh, now we did our last one because he's going back to work. So, good for him. Now he's making more money than me, so I'm a little bit jealous. So, is he stopping he the podcast? Yeah, he, He's still going to do it, but I don't know that we're going to be doing the picks you gotcha. know, uh, anymore. It's probably not going to work with our schedules. Right. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm excited for him. Um, and I'm a little bit jealous. I'm a little bit jealous of him because I know he's going to kill it, and he uh, – doesn't have to have any co host I'm just kidding, of course. I love my co You know, the one
1: thing I saw somebody suggest on uh, Twitter that I I think is good. Instead of calling it the Bart Winkler Show, and I don't know officially what the name is going to be, After Dark with yeah. Bart, I think we should go with that. I like that. After Dark with Bart, you know, 9P yeah. to 1A. a I, I I like to go with that. Or you can just call it the Bart Winkler Show, whatever you like to do. But I'm super excited um, and really excited to hear him on the airwaves uh, kind of going forward. Starts January 2nd, 9 p.m. to 1 a.m., on your Odyssey yeah. app or on 1250 AM The Fan locally here in Milwaukee. Thank you so much, Ryan Horvat. We will uh, do this one more time on Friday. Thanks, Ben.